From Relay FM, this is Upgrade episode 55. Today's show is brought to you by Smile, GoToMeeting, and FanDuel. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Mr. Jason Snell. Hi, Mike. Welcome home. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, I am. I am back in uh, jolly old England now. When last I saw you, of course, we were in Portland, Oregon, and we recorded episode fifty-four uh, across the table from one another. And now you're, uh, you know, a week plus later, and you're back. Uh, you're back home and dealing yep. with jet lag, presumably, but that happens. Yeah, I am. Uh, I am very jet lagged today. I am feeling a lot better than I have previous days, but That's it has good. been an interesting couple of days, to say the least. As jet lag always is for me. Mm. Um, always the yeah. third night is the one that is the worst, and it was, and I was awake until <sighs> six a.m. That is how yeah. these things tend to go for me. I think you're right. I think I think that happens. You get you get adapted um, where you're going to sleep at the right time, and then something happens and your body like rebels and tries to say no no wait wait what about that other time zone and uh yeah but go uh, trips to portland are much easier for me than they are for you is what i'm saying yeah i can imagine that's the case <laughs> well i mean i think your trip to portland took longer than my trip to portland though well i don't, oh, oh i mean it depends on how you count are we are we talking about me leaving my laptop at home again because yes, i got about to i got to come home and sleep in my own bed i mean that was actually pretty nice i just didn't take the trip that day was, it took uh, you an extra amount of time to I get suppose. There, an extra day, in fact. I suppose, but the jet lag was just uh, brutal with the... Yep. Uh, I could have driven it in <laughs> less time, but I, I <laughs> decided to stay home and not, not do that. Oh, there's a lot going on, Mike, this week. Lots, lots. We're in the crazy time. We, we, I got a piece of feedback about Clockwise last week. That was like, why do you talk about Apple so much? And it's like, well, we're one, we're kind of Apple-focused people, and and two, right now, everything that is happening, it's just like Apple wall-to-wall insanity. So, which that is just the it, news in tech right now it, it, is Apple news for good or they, bad. They're killing it, and I mean, this is when this is when all of this stuff happens. And I, I don't know. I mean, the XOX the O thing was an extra complication in this, but like since. Yeah, I mean, I've been working day and night and weekends and for, you know, whatever the last couple of weeks and probably for the next couple of weeks, too, because it is that busy. It is totally crazy time for for, um, all the Apple stuff that's going on, which is great. I mean, it gives us lots of things to talk about. So, you know, we're not spending August talking about what kind of colors we'd like and uh, what what tree we would be and things like that that we probably would because that's August for you. Yeah, this is uh, August, September, October, like the end of August and then September into October is uh, all Apple time, which is good yeah. because we have an Apple-focused show, Yeah, uh, so it gives us some stuff to talk about. It's, it is good. Although we're going to be going all the way up until November with the iPad Pro. So I know, yeah, no, it, this, is, this is extending way out there too. Yep, I'm very um, happy. At some point, not this episode, but at some point I want to I talk about Amazon a little bit because there's some fascinating... Uh, they, they, they're sick Why don't we just start tablet. with that before? Let, let's let's eschew our format and just. I'm not just prepared. Tell me. I'm not prepared to talk about it. I need to do more because I've been I've been writing so much about iOS nine that I need to do some more uh, reading on that uh, before I I, I want to talk about Amazon. But Amazon, you know, did a crazy product release thing and a six pack of tablets, and they've got a new um, well, they've got a new Fire TV. And uh, yeah, there's. I mean, it's it's. Uh, there's some interesting stuff going on there, but we'll talk about that. I think maybe next week. The six Not pack thing is fascinating to me, though. 
<laughs> I love Amazon. It's a, it's a low stuff. price. They announced a bunch of different Fire tablets, didn't they? But the one, this one is a lower priced tablet. They announced some ones that had like uh, better specs and color backs, and they're like a few hundred dollars or whatever. But they announced a low price fifty dollar tablet with lower specs, and you can buy it in a six pack. <laughs> Oh, that's just hilarious! But it's you buy five and you get one free, and, that, and it comes in of the six pack. But yeah, you think yeah. about it, fifty dollars each—that's a stocking stuffer. Like you could, you could walk into Christmas with a six pack of tablets and hand them out to all of your cousins. Like mm-hmm. that is a genius move. This is whoever came up with this and was able to pull this off. They they should get a raise because there is no doubt that this these things aren't going to sell well like that. I mean, whether they'll make any money on it, I mean, they'll probably make money on the services, right? Which is why they're doing it. I'm sure this is sold as close to cost as possible. Um, but I just think that that's a very very yeah. smart smart move. Six pack of tablets, and it even comes in like a little uh, six pack holder thing made out of cardboard. With, and- and then every tablet is like in an envelope, basically. Yep. It, is a, it is the it's commodification great. of tablets. I mean, this is like Apple's trying to say tablets have value. Tablets can do a lot of things. And Amazon is saying, hey, tablets are cheap and you can watch videos on them and hear they, and play games and here yep. they are. And the, I think both Apple, of those approaches are valid. It's interesting because you've got Apple and Amazon both at either end now. Amazon is, is basically saying the tablet is a dumb screen to display our content and to allow you to shop in our stores. And yeah. Apple is saying the tablet can be a a device for a professional and it can replace a computer. And it's in, like with the iPad Pro, right? They're pushing right far. Basically, Apple have pushed as far as you can go in one direction and Amazon have pushed as far as you can go in the other. And I think that's fascinating. Yeah. And then they are, the new Fire TV, they've got a 4K model now for people who've got 4K TVs. Which I have. I don't know if I'm tempted to get this or not, um, but it's a, it's an interesting idea and and support for a like a higher efficiency codec so that a standard HD um, takes less bandwidth to to download, which is interesting. And then hmm. they also got the Alexa functionality in there, so you can do your you know Amazon um, equivalent of Siri uh, using the Fire TV to ask it questions and have it do do things. So interesting. Um, Unfortunately, yeah, Amazon. Dan Warren is not currently in the chat room. Otherwise, I would have added marshmallows to his shopping list. But yeah, I know. He's not next there. time. Next time. I'll get you next time, Warren. I, I, I'm fascinated by the crazy stuff that Amazon does, so we should come back to that at some point. But yeah, there's. so it's not just Apple making announcements because everybody's gearing up for the holiday season. This is a huge... You know, it, it's not for people out there who are grumpy and don't like holidays and think this is stupid, whether it's because they don't, you know, they think that it's overhyped or whether they 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 uh, think it's the commercialization of uh, of of the holidays. The fact is that so many of these companies succeed or fail based on how they do in the holiday season. And if you look at Apple's numbers, Apple is an incredibly seasonal company. They they make a lot of money, every, you know, every quarter. But the fourth quarter is the. Um, by far the largest and so you know this is the time when all of these companies are dropping new products or putting together deals or in the case of apple adding colors and bands to the the apple watch that's all to get people you know that's to prepare for the onslaught of uh of the fourth uh, quarter which is starting in you know a week and a half we're already there should we do some follow up and out yeah i think that's a great idea so we both have uh, podcast projects. We do. That, 
that uh, we would like to point people towards. Long gestating and coming to fruition this week. Indeed. So uh, the one that I'm working on is a project with Dan and Tom of Studio Neat, who are the makers of the Glyph and the Cosmonaut and the Neat Ice Kit. They've just uh, announced today a new Kickstarter project called Obi, which is a smart laser toy for pets. It's quite fascinating. (laughs) I'll put a link in the show notes to the Kickstarter page. And uh, Dan and Tom have been working with me uh, for about six months, and they have been recording all of the conversations that they've been having during this time while they've been developing the product and designing the product. Um, And I've been talking with them too over this time, and we've been planning a new podcast series, which is basically going to be going through the development and design and manufacture of a Kickstarter project and what it takes to do that. So you can find the first episode available now, uh, which is talking about kind of where the idea for the product came from a little bit and introducing Uh kind of the show and its concept. Uh, And then uh, I have been talking to them a lot today because obviously they launched their project today and we've been recording a bunch and I'm going to be talking to them even throughout the evening and late, late into the night uh, to kind of gauge their opinions and to, to so you can, as a listener, get an idea as to how it feels to when you launch a product on Kickstarter after all this work. And already it's been a, a high emotion throughout the day. So oh. you can tune in now and you'll get that episode next week. So yeah, it's called Thoroughly Considered is the podcast. Um, and I hope that you'll enjoy it. It's at relay.fm slash TC. For people that enjoyed my Behind the App series, mm. uh, I think you're going to like this. I think it's interesting too from a, not to get too insidery, but um, you know, as we as we all talk about ad blockers and things like that, which has happened over the last week and, and the, you know, where where commercialism falls, where where money transactions happen and how they relate to, to content, how they relate to things that you read and that you listen to and all of that, that thoroughly considered is an interesting kind of integrated thing where mm-hmm. it is the story, it's an interesting story about how Studio Neat does what it does and uh, their entire creative process. And so people who are interested in creativity and making products will find it a really interesting uh, thing to listen to. At the same time, you know, they have a Kickstarter and it can you could view it as ancillary material to the Kickstarter and as a uh, as a, a another venue to promote Studio Neat yep. and to promote this product and that all kind of like works together and um, you know this is different from what we think of is it advertising is it editorial what is it and the answer is it's something different and um, I think that's cool I think it's a cool experiment yeah uh, it kind of is interesting because it sits in the middle I think. So it's a project that we've been working on. They're not paying me to do this. It's, it, they're not, uh-huh. This isn't an advertisement that they've paid for. Um, we have direct support that we're doing for this show, which we've not done for any show. So on the Kickstarter page that you can you can support the podcast, uh, there's a $25 limit and a $5 limit, and they will go uh-huh. to help support the podcast, which will allow us to do things like you know, we want to, uh, maybe we'll go traveling with the guys at certain points to record some of their conversation to manufacturers and stuff. Um, it's a, it's a very different type of show. And I, I think that it's something worth, che- worth checking out because I'm hoping that we, we're doing something a little bit different with it that people might enjoy. But it is interesting because it does fit in a very interesting space that for us, we haven't got anything else that occupies. Right. No, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Um, be I'm looking forward to seeing how it, how it goes. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It's and what, a cool what idea. have you been working on? Oh well, other than the iOS nine and Watch OS and El Capitan and you know preparing for the new iPhones and all of that stuff. Other than other than that, 
<laughs> um, in the background, I'm working on the Incomparable Radio Theater, which is going to drop episode one this week. And that's going to be a, I believe, 12-week uh, run of original radio drama slash comedy. It's really meant to be funny. It's not just, we call it radio drama, but it's, you know, it's not. It's somewhat dramatic and, and also somewhat comedic. Uh, and that's been a project that has been going on. I don't even know how you, you, you start measuring it. We started recording in like March. <laughs> so it's been a huge project. And um, and uh, this started with, if people don't know, we did a couple episodes. In fact, we, I, I talked to you after one of them. Um, we did a couple episodes of The Incomparable that were completely off format, and it was an old-time radio drama sort of thing and, and sort of parodying current pop culture stuff as well as like old-time uh, classic radio from before the, the, the television age. And because that's it's podcast, it's audio, you could do that sort of thing. And we did one for April Fool's Day a few years ago. And then we did another one at Christmas of, I want to say, 2013. And uh, and so we've been uh, planning since actually since last year, because we did a little promo on Christmas Day of, of, of 2014, saying that in 2015, we would do a season of the radio theater. So this has been going on for almost a year now that we've been talking about this and recording and editing. And David Lohr has been writing these scripts. And, uh, you know, I've been collecting audio from various people for cameos. And we've been doing recording sessions and all of this uh, and so many sound effects. I have to build all these crazy soundscapes um but uh yeah so so later this week episode one of the season will be available and people can subscribe now if you go to the incomparable.com slash radio there are some episodes already there that are sort of season zero there's uh we basically took the two incomparable episodes that um that uh we did and chopped them up into almost like proof of concept like this is what a season would sound like and that's season zero and then there's a live show that we did at the layers conference uh that jesse char put on uh next to wwdc so that's in there but uh, you can subscribe to that and then the episodes will start dropping in beginning in the next uh day or two i'm so excited for this i absolutely fell in love with the first one and then you, you've done two of them right on the incomparable yeah, right, they're right. both in there um i remember i i think it's the only podcast that i've ever listened to twice back to back <laughs> wow when the first one dropped i was just i'd never heard anything like it and uh i i hope that people go and check out what's currently in the feed because it's all great stuff and uh, i'm very very excited for the yeah. first episode to drop later this week I'm I'm glad. Yeah, if if people haven't heard that stuff before then then there's, you know, there's a lot of material. There's uh uh all that stuff that's in the feed now is that stuff. That that's the that's our complete output basically up to now is the stuff that was in the feed. I didn't want to make people kind of chase it down later, so we we put those in there. But yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, exactly. And then from here, you know, I think the plan is to do like I said, things could change because it's not like every single episode is is locked and done. It's not like Netflix where we can drop them all at once. But um, the plan is to release them weekly um, through sometime in December. So I think I think twelve episodes. There may be a we may break for Thanksgiving week, but um, yeah. So it's gonna in the end it will probably be about four hours of original um, audio, you know, fiction. <laughs> so it's a lot. <laughs> so I hope people like it. Oh, let's talk about the six colors redesign. 
I think, yeah, that, so that, speaking of things that I was doing <laughs> this last week, in addition, because it's, I stupidly uh, decided to have my long-term uh, radio project and also the redesign of my website drop in September as well on top of all the Apple stuff. No, but it's the best time. It's the best time. It's it's when people are paying attention. Yep. And, um, and for the radio drama, I really wanted to be out in 2015. I didn't want to delay it until... You could delay it forever. So so we're going to do it and get it out before the end of the year. Um, and for Six Colors, it was a year on. I mean, I, I was just... Before I even launched the site, I was... Uh, thinking about how I would hire a designer to actually give it a design because the the site design was by me and it was uh, sort of aggressively not designed. It was as generic as I could possibly make it. And um, and since the spring, I've been talking to Krista Mergen about uh, about designing it and she she designed it over the over the summer. And uh, I wanted it to go up on the one year anniversary of Six Colors, which was September 16th. And so that's what I did on the on the 16th as the OS 9 update was rolling out. I pressed the button and uh, push, pushed out the new version of the site, which is and then spent the next Krista and, and I spent the next like four days debugging the CSS because there were little quirks here and there. Um, some of which were because of how I implemented it in my CMS, because um, I did that part um, and on on the fifteenth and the sixteenth, and then some of it was uh, just weird edge cases that we hadn't really planned for. So, um, but we did it. So it's it's up, and uh, it's got uh, some interesting features like a hypnotic nav bar that I, know I love that, you that like. thing so much. I I with all my heart love that nav bar. <laughs> Because the first time where you're like, you look at it and you look away for a few minutes, you look back, it's, oh, the color's changed. And you just look at it for a moment and you're like, am I, are my eyes going weird? <laughs> and then you realize that there is this beautiful transition between all of the six colors. All the colors. And it makes me very, very happy. Yeah, yeah, that was something Krista invented. I didn't even ask, and it, it's great. And so, yeah, if you don't pay attention, what you'll notice is that the nav bar is different colors. And if you pay attention, you'll notice that very slowly it is cycling uh, between the colors as you watch. So you can just stare at it if you really want to. Um, so that was a really nice uh, thing that she did. And, you know, the nav bar changes and the fonts and stuff change because it's a responsive site. The old one was too, but this one's a little, um, does, a, I think, a little better job of adjusting to uh, phones and, uh, and and tablet sizes as well as uh, desktop sizes. And uh, the, the, the other big thing that I wanted to do is that we post so many different things on six colors. So... I post posts, right? And Dan Warren posts these posts that are just, we wrote a story and here it is. So that's pretty straightforward. But then we also have links that are offsite links. And that's a different sort of beast where you're basically pointing at something somewhere else and saying, hey, this is interesting. You should read it. Or this is interesting. And here's what I think of it. But it's it's primarily a link. The link is the currency there more than what we've written. And so I wanted those to to be differentiated. And they were somewhat differentiated in the in the old design, but it was pretty... Uh, limited, and I wanted that to be a, a lot clearer. And then on top of that, we had some other post types that that um, were not represented by different design styles. So, like when I thank the sponsor, I wanted that to be marked as this is the sponsor. You know, this is the sponsor. Um, when I'm linking to my own work or Dan's linking to his own work somewhere else, I felt like that was different. That was more like, hey, you know, you came here to read us and here's a thing you can go read elsewhere that's still us. So I wanted that to be a little different than some off-site link. That has my favorite of the iconography. It has the shuffle logo. It's got the little shuffle logo and it's an Very orange, small. right? 
Um, and then there's a podcast one for when I post podcasts, which I did. I did create a rudimentary one of those on the old site a few months ago. Um, but now there's a podcast style too. So when you look at six colors, um, you know, if it's a link to a, a podcast or an offsite link, you can tell immediately that that's what it is. And uh, I think I I think. I like it better having the differentiations between the the different types of content, so it's clearer of, about what you're seeing. And uh, it's I like pretty. It a lot. And she, and Krista redid the, uh, you know, redid the the logo type as well because I just did that in Helvetica. <laughs> you know, again, let's get a designer in to look at this. Yeah, it's all it's excellent throughout. Um, I'm happy that it was done. I didn't have any problems with the way that six colors looked before. Uh, but now I'm uh, looking at it now. I'm very happy that you made these these, these changes, and Krista did a fantastic job. Uh, really, really did. Yeah, she did a she did a great job. Um, and uh, some credit to uh, to Jay at the Cotton Bureau. Uh, the story there being that we also have this six C logo that appears in some places that is like a, a six and a C kind of superimposed with the a- Apple style rainbow on it, um, and. Because six colors as a word mark just is really wide, and like, is there something that fits in like a social media icon and all that? And that 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 uh, directly quotes the Apple logo because the C has the shape that's very much like the bite out of the apple, and the six has the top that's very much like the leaf at the top of the apple. Um, so it's a nice kind of reference to Apple, but also six colors, six C. Um, Jay at the Cotton Bureau and I were talking about doing a six colors t-shirt, which is very hard because uh, doing a t-shirt with screen printing in six different colors, really expensive. So um, we were talking about other ways to do it. And at one point he said, I don't normally do this, but I had this idea for a a logo and it was the 6C. And at the time I was like, I don't really want to make a t-shirt with a logo nobody's seen and say, hey, everybody buy this t-shirt with a logo that you've never seen because it's new. Um, that seems wrong to me. So we just agreed to put it aside. And because of the expense and the issues with um, getting a, do you get a six colored t-shirt or do you get a t-shirt with a, a one colored logo that's available in six colors? What are the, what are your options there? We decided to table it for a while. But when I was working on the design with Krista, I said, um, hey, actually, there's this thing that the Cotton Bureau did that you should check out. And then so she took that and then redrew it. And that is also on the site and in the Twitter icon and all of that is this is this rainbow 6c so that was a fun little little design bonus um that you see next to the full posts that's the the logo there's a link next to the links and the the shuffle icon and the podcast icon and then there's this 6c i like it all thank you that's very nice should we take a break good idea This week's episode is brought to you by the lovely people over at Smile. And we have something a little different this week, which I'm really excited about. You hear us talk about Smile products a lot. And today we have something that they don't do very often. And when they do, it makes me very happy. So we love Smile, right? They they do great products. And Smile love podcasts, which is why they help support them. But they also, just as a group, they just love podcasts. And we know that everybody loves a deal. So Smile is offering 20% off new licenses to their amazing products for listeners of this show. All you need to do is go to Smile directly before October 15th. If for any reason you've been holding off on any of Smile's great products, now is the time to buy. 
because you can save 20% on PDF Pen, which is the all-purpose Mac PDF editor, which easily lets you add signatures, text, and images to PDFs. You can make changes and correct typos, have your documents OCR scanned, and you can export them in Microsoft Word format and so much more. Or you could get yourself 20% off PDF Pen Pro to start making interactive forms, building tables of contents, and converting web pages to PDFs. Or, of course, the fantastic text expander. You can get 20% off that too. It is a glorious app that saves you from having to overwork your fingers or your keyboard. You can effortlessly expand custom keyboard shortcuts into frequently used text and pictures. Text Expander is so powerful, I feel that it is essential for any Mac owner. I love it so dearly. Smile has been such a fantastic supporter of this show since the very beginning, actually. I believe that Smile sponsored one of our first episodes, if not our first one, Mm. and they did it sight unseen. They have been awesome to this show. And you can go and help support them and get yourself a lovely discount by going to smilesoftware.com slash upgrade. You can use or you can use the coupon code upgrade at checkout. These discounts are only available directly from Smile and not from the Mac App Store. This discount does not apply to any of their ebooks or upgrade purchases, just to new purchases of these products. And don't forget, this offer is only available until October 15th, 2015. Thank you so much to Smile for their continued support of this very show. They've uh, sponsored episode one and two. Look at that. Yeah. How about that? One yeah, year ago. I, I, I actually remember now sending a message to Greg and I said to him, I think I said to him something along the lines of, I can't tell you what this is. <laughs> but yeah. Well, it was a secret, right? Because we, yeah. we, we, had a, we hadn't announced that it was happening and yep. we hadn't announced the, uh, the episode because the episode was going to drop when the iPhone embargo dropped. Yep. But I said to him, you will want this. And he was like, I, I, be- I hope that he trusted me enough uh, to do it. And that was why he did it. Well, I assume he did. Otherwise, why would he have done? But uh, I don't want to assume trust. But yeah, we love Smile. They're absolutely fantastic. They've just been great. They've actually been really great for us since the beginning. They helped us out a lot when we were starting out. And yeah, go support them. Yeah. So I w- want to talk about iOS 9, watchOS 2 a little bit. Um, iOS 9 is out now out officially, as is watchOS 2. We'll get to that in a bit. Uh, but before we do that, Jason, I would like to just just grumble a bit okay. a- about <laughs> about some of my current uh, iPhone woes that I'm having. It, All right. Partly in the partly to just get it off my chest, uh, and partly because I want to see if there's anybody that can can help with the problems that I'm having. Um, oh, that's fun. Uh, just looking at it now, this is I picked up my iPhone, it downloaded the watchOS 2 update, uh, and now the download has to start all over again for a reason that I can't quite understand. Interesting. This has been, this has been a fun one for Apple, I think, so that will start again. Um, these are my current iPhone woes. Uh, my iCloud backup is not working. Uh, it just fails every single time. Um, I was on the beta. It didn't work during the beta period. I have upgraded to the GM, and I cannot get it to update. Uh, nothing I'm, seems to do. It seems to be working. I have tried deleting the, all the. I've deleted all the previous backups from iCloud, so there are no previous backups of my phone. Uh, but it just keeps failing. There seems to be nothing I can do. I've had it uh, in a charging dock for like four hours with the um, auto lock turned off in the hopes that it would help it, but it just hangs and then eventually fails. So no iCloud backup huh. for me, which is great. Uh, personal hotspot <laughs> is not working from my iPad to my iPhone. So like I'm trying to tether 
on on my iPad to, to tether the connection from my phone. Are you running the release version of iOS 9? On both, yeah, both on the GM. Huh. And uh, personal hotspot doesn't work anymore, uh, which is awesome. Uh, and I'm also having a bunch of iCloud syncing issues with some applications. They're just not syncing. I sense some sarcasm when you keep saying things are awesome. I think you. I think they're not actually awesome, Mike. I think you're upset. I am a little upset. Uh, mm. I expect that a lot of this stuff is related to having run the beta, um, but it's not working. And I'm currently in the mode, I'm not kidding, where I'm thinking to myself, I hope my new phone will fix this. <laughs> Like, the only way I feel like I can fix this is by getting a brand new iPhone, which I was doing anyway, but it's like, I just don't know what to do. I could burn it all down and start again, but I yeah. really don't want to do that. Um, so the, this, this is my current thinking. I have just over a week. Or is it, no, is it just five days, right? Or something like Yeah, five days I have yes. until I get my new iPhone. I can live with this. I'm just backing up my phone um, to iTunes on my Mac. So that's fine. The tethering stuff, again, I'm not planning any trips. So I'm at home or I'm at an office or somewhere that has Wi-Fi. So I don't need it necessarily for my iPad. So I'm thinking maybe getting a new phone will fix this. Now, I am planning to run my 6 Plus S. 6S Plus? 6 Plus S. What is it? 6S Plus? 6S Plus. Uh, I'm planning to run that from a backup of my previous iPhone which I'll be doing on my Mac. And I'm hoping that the new phone will fix it. I don't know why it would, but I also don't know why it's broken. Um, If it doesn't fix it and there's no other option, then I will have to restore and just start all over again. But I really don't want to do that. Um, I feel like I've been here before. Uh, I really don't want to do that. I I like to just go from backup to backup because setting up a new phone from scratch is is a pain. Uh, and I would prefer not to. So that's kind of where I am right now. It's frustrating. It's a myriad of frustrations that I have, and they all seem to be centered around iCloud. So maybe I could try stuff like completely signing out of iCloud on my phone, but that really is a thing you should avoid. Um, We'll see, but that's where I am. My main issues right now seem to all be around iCloud stuff and this personal hotspot thing. Yeah, my my gut feeling is that... um that signing out of iCloud everywhere and signing back in would be the first thing to try. Yeah. You know, because there may be something very strange going on there. I've had that happen where it seems like I'm signed in and I can do things and I can't do other things. They fail inexplicably. And it's like parts of the phone have signed out of iCloud and other parts have not. Or Apple thinks parts of it are signed in and other parts aren't. And it gets in this weird half in half out state where, um, the best thing to do is to just sign out and then sign back in. And it goes, oh, welcome back, right? It's like now now it's all synced up again. So so that might be... Because even even the personal hotspot thing, I think the granting permission for the personal hotspot may be based on, um, on uh, that it's a known device that's logged in with your Apple ID. Yeah. So they may all be related to not being in, the, in like a, a synced up state... Um, also, if you're running the GM, you should update to the final just because I don't know if it's the same build or not, but I was able to update my oh, devices. I, I said, when I said GM, I meant the final. I'm on you the went, final. You're on the final final. Yeah. Okay. I, I got well, them both via OTA. So before, after, after putting the GM on them. Before you burn it all to the ground, <laughs> consider logging out of your Apple ID and just logging back in everywhere 
and see, you know, on those, even if it's just on your phone and your iPad and see if that solves it, because that might be it. Yeah. The, the iPad is, is majorly fine. It's just the hotspot thing, which I still yeah. think is something with the so phone. I, I think it's the phone. I think it's the phone's fault. So yeah. that's the yeah. iPad is up, is doing an iCloud backup correctly. Yeah. Okay. It's your phone's fault. Yeah. There's something going on with my phone. Mike was um, wrong. Well, Mike's phone was wrong. <laughs> Mike phone, Mike's phone was wrong. I was still it, right you know about it, my decision. You, I recommend that you get rid of that phone and replace it. Good idea. <laughs> I'll this get right week, on that. If possible. By the so, end of the week, I want that phone dead. <laughs> I'm currently getting a error here whilst trying to download uh, WatchOS 2. Another one. Cannot download. There is not enough available storage to download Trainline, which is an app. You can free up storage by deleting apps or by changing storage settings for photos and music in the Apple Watch app. Oh, you filled up your Apple Watch. I think it's downloaded the update twice to it. This is this oh, is going no. great. This is just a, a absolute genius thing everywhere. Um, I'm really happy that this is happening. <sighs> Let's talk about the fact that Apple if you're can't just do software this, we're, updates we're, anymore. We're in the second hour of Mike gets frustrated with technology. Apple are really struggling with software updates, aren't they? This is the second year in a row where something catastrophic has happened. Uh, this time around, it was OS two. Watch OS two got pulled at the yes. very last minute. Yes, because there was, and I I know this. I heard. I have heard through the through my sources. I've heard through the same sources that may be in the chat room right now. For all I know, that uh, <laughs> there was a, a bug found where there were Watch OS two apps that were uh, failing to launch, and the the logs suggested that there was a fair play problem a drm problem that was related to i think in- encryption and uh that got passed back by the developers to uh to apple and apple went oh no <laughs> and watch os2 didn't come out for uh, almost a week because they had to fix that so they seem to have fixed it now but i you know i think apple is trying to be better at this i i think one of the great things about ios 9 is that the update sizes are so much smaller that the the space requirements for these updates are a lot less than it was they they obviously are are putting some effort into trying to make this all uh more efficient but it's hard on these especially on these devices where they're trying to make it seem magical and not you know not complicated uh, it's just oh we just update just attach it and and it'll all be fine um but it's hard yeah and and i mean I have a hard time criticizing Apple for delaying the release of watchOS 2 because they found a bug. I think it's great that they did that because the alternative would have been to release it on their self-imposed deadline and have a bug that was a terrible bug. It is unfortunate that that bug was only found at the last moment kind of by accident. That's the criticism. Like You look at uh, iOS 8 and HealthKit, right? It was the same thing there. Right, Right. and it shipped and it was broken. So then they had yeah. to pull apps. So you end up in the same situation again with, like I've had, uh, I've been getting errors all over the place this week because I have a couple of apps that slip through with Watch OS 2 updates to them. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, I have blank spaces on my watch right now. And it was the same like with healthcare apps. Uh, some healthcare apps got through and it was, everything was broken and some just got held up. So I'm sure there are some developers right now who would have had their iOS 9 update out already, but it, They've had to wait. I think the Omni Group might be part of that. 
um, that some developers basically just have to wait because they have WatchOS 2 stuff in yeah, there. Yeah, OmniGroup just tweeted that they now with WatchOS 2 out, they can release their app update there because it was held it was held back. But but this this uh, app that triggered this uh, got approved. <laughs> That that apparently that apparently triggered it got approved even though it was carrying a Watch OS two app with it. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of a mess. Updating this many devices and and doing auto updates it is hard. Uh, but you're right. Apple Apple is not running uh, as efficiently and as smoothly as as they they should be. There's still a lot of uh, I think on the report card we're going to say needs you know needs more attention needs more effort. Um, but they have come. I mean. I like that they're they're obviously trying to pay attention to this and trying to improve it, even if there are still hiccups. Because the fact, like I mentioned, that the iOS nine update is um, it requires so much less space, so you don't have these sixteen gig iPhones that need five gigs of storage free in order to install, which is what it was with iOS eight. That's just ridiculous. Um, so that's better now. It's like 1.3 gigs or something free that you need. Um, but the other thing they've done is they've done the, the deferred install. Have you seen that? That now it'll actually say, hey, I downloaded iOS 9. Would you like me to install it now, ask you later, or just do it overnight? Hmm. And if you've got your iPad or your iPhone plugged in overnight, you'll just wake up in the morning and it will have updated. And rather than having you, ha- you, know, you have to be there. And then at that point, you can't use your device. So you need to be present. And then you are wandering around without that device because it's too busy updating. So like, those are good features. Those are both really nice features that show that somebody at Apple is, is paying attention here. It's just there are other places where this is uh, problematic. Still, I mean, it is. It's 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 not that it's not a hard job to do. It's just that, um, there. You know, your frustrations suggest that there's a little more that can be done, perhaps. Well, WatchOS two just isn't installing now. Well, Apple CDN is the thing that blows me away too. Their content delivery network. It's downloaded. That- Apparently. I've I've downloaded it, but now we're just sitting here. I've seen a lot of people who have had problems like long download waits, and when when iOS nine came out, the, there were a lot of errors. Basically, like I can't reach the server because they seem to be swamped with requests, and that one kind of baffles me. Um, the fact that Apple dot com went down when the pre orders <laughs> were happening, it just went down for a while. Um, that's all. That's all weird to me. You'd think that they would. Uh, have built for that peak capacity. I know under, I, I understand building for peak capacity is hard because you very rarely hit the peak and you don't know where the peak is. And 99% of the time you're not at the peak, so it doesn't matter. But still, it's 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 still surprising. Let's talk about WatchOS 2. Um, Let's do it. So you've been using it for a for a bit you've been using the beta right couple couple months i i finally um i finally decided i needed to to start using it i i put that off for a little while when they first did the betas because i thought once i do this my watch is going to be you know potentially weird and buggy and and uh but i needed to at some point i just said okay let's do it and it's actually been a pretty good experience there there have been occasional quirks but i've uh i've had a good experience with it uh, um uh, especially the nightstand mode, I have to call that out. I think that's actually a great feature. The idea that when you attach the phone to a charger and you've got the nightstand mode setting turned on, I'm not sure if it's turned on by default or not, um, but it basically uh, displays the time and what your next alarm is uh, rotated 90 degrees. So you can you can basically lay your watch down on the side of it that has no buttons and read the time because it's rotated 90 degrees and uh and use the the crown and the button on the top as a 
a snooze and a, an off for the for the alarm in the morning. And I actually unplugged my clock uh, my clock radio thing that I had by my bedside uh, and replaced it with my Apple Watch. And I've been using that for the last month and a half as my. Were you using the Apple Watch as an alarm before this? Oh no, no, no! I was I was absolutely not using it as an alarm before. Is it loud? Uh, I've never used it. I wouldn't say it's loud. I'd say that it is a a, a pleasant sound. If you're one of those people who needs a blaring alarm in order to wake up in the morning, maybe it won't work for you, but it works yeah. fine for me. And actually, one of the um, one of the features that I think is really clever. So it doesn't it doesn't stay lit all night because that can be really annoying in 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 a bedroom. But it it is listening, it is feeling for any slight jostle. So even if I bump like the nightstand, um, trying to reach for the watch to tap it, or or um, it'll come on and show me the time. And I don't need to tap the screen. Any kind of movement will light up the the nightstand mode clock which is kind of nice, but otherwise it's off. But in the morning, if you ever had that moment where you think your alarm is probably about to go off, but but you're not sure what the time is, and so you look to see, you know, is it 6.45? No, it's 6.42, but it'll be going off in a minute. Uh, they did a clever thing, which I think it's about five, it's five or 10 minutes before the alarm goes off, um, the screen does come on. So... Um, it's like ready for you to look at it and check to see if it's uh, if it's about to go off. Which I I, th- I love that feature. I think that's a really clever feature. That when it's close to going off, it will it will start to come on and show you what the time is. Um, so I like that feature a lot. It's it's uh, I suppose it's not for everybody. I've got the the nightstand uh, dock from Elevation, which works with this mode because you 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 kind of dock it. It it, it um it's a little silicone thing that you stick the little charger puck in and then you can uh, attach the watch to the front of it and it sort of lays there in essentially that that the proper orientation for this and so I've been using that but you can also just lay it on its side on your on your bedside stand and it'll work that way too so I like that feature it's fun I don't it's know fun. how often if ever I wake up before my alarm goes off and I am definitely one of those people that needs loud alarms. Well see see what see what it does. Give it a try and see what it uh, what it does for you. Yeah. I never I have never used my iPhone except when I'm traveling as an alarm clock. Hmm. I'm not one of those people, certainly not the Apple Watch, but I have been using the Apple Watch in this context and it's uh it's nice. It's nice and then I then I put it on and go about my day. Yeah, my my iPhone is my only alarm clock. Interesting. Yeah, I had a, I had a little thing on my nightstand that I I uh, took off, and now I don't I don't have it there anymore. And my nightstand is that much clearer. It's nice, and and uh, and the little charger stays there, which is also good. I mean, there are a bunch of other things in in, in watchOS too. Um, it, so many of them are hard to talk about because they really require third party apps that aren't out there yet. Like the the new standalone apps should be really good. And much more responsive than the kind of tethered weird apps that we have now, but I, I didn't really get to test any of them. Oh, okay, huh? And likewise, the third-party complications I have not been able to test, but I'm really looking forward to those. I just haven't seen them. And there's, you know, there's some, there's some other stuff. There's uh, new, um, uh, new watch faces. These like photo watch faces, which are not really my bag, but for some people, they're going to be uh, very excited about those. Um, you know, I, but I think, yeah, I think the third party, the better third party apps is 
and the complications that come along with it are going to be a huge thing. And we're just going to have to see how that goes because we really need to see um, how well those apps perform when they're running on the watch. And it's just, it's too early. I, as we are talking, there are probably apps going live on the store with updates that support this. And then more will come over the next few weeks. And I think that'll make a big difference into the usability of the Apple Watch because that the the first generation Apple Watch apps are just you know they're just not all there and they didn't work very well and I'd almost rather they hadn't been there at all um, and I have high hopes that that these new ones will be a lot better and the and the complications thing I really want to see custom complications because most of the complications Apple offers don't really interest me but there are apps that I can imagine providing complication data that I would want to put on my watch face. So I'm, I'm really hoping to see some of that. I actually pinged Weather Underground today on Twitter and said, are you guys going to update your Apple Watch app to do a, you know, a, a complication with the weather from your weather stations? Because um, if they do that, I can actually have my weather station's temperature from my backyard on my watch at all times, which I think would be kind of awesome. Uh, and they replied and said they're going to make an announcement, and it sounds like yes, they are going to do that. And Major League Baseball undoubtedly will have an update that I can put the like score of the Giants game on my watch, and that that stuff is really cool. And that stuff that Apple's never going to do itself. That that you know the third parties are going to be able to rush in there, and that should be great. But it's too early for that now. Outside of changing my calendar complication to the Fantastical complication, if they make one rather right. than the standard one, I can't think of any custom complications that i want Hmm. it doesn't mean i wouldn't use them maybe i just haven't seen them yet but like i just can't think of any that that i want well i mean so uh as a as a sports fan i say something like like uh being able to put the the current score or when the next game is for my favorite baseball team on there i i would i would do that um like i said the a a better weather source (laughs) uh in my case weather underground that that's something that i would consider because apple weather and part of this may be a watchOS uh, one problem where the data doesn't get updated, but Apple's weather source isn't isn't that accurate for where I live, so I don't use that. And there are others like a flight tracking app that could actually, um, at a glance, show you the status of your flight. Um, yeah, and maybe when, I when could see myself off and... changing them at certain periods of time. Like when yeah. I'm on holiday or whatever, when I'm away, uh, I change my watch. Like so, I yeah. usually have. Um, the activity rings on the top right. I have the New York time zone in the top left, and I have the because uh, I use the simple face, I think. Simple. And right. I have my I have my calendar on the bottom. Uh, so, but when I go away, I have weather on the bottom, and I change the time zone to London. Hmm. That's it. So I keep it quite quite sparse. Because the thing is, like with the watch face that I want to use, there isn't one. You know, there's only like three complications or yeah. whatever you can put on it. Well, and I'm using utility, which similarly, there there's one big space and then there are a couple little small spaces. And most of the time right now, I just have the date and the day and the date. And then uh, I have the activity rings up in the corner, which are colored now, which they weren't in watchOS 1. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. I like it, but I could understand that persnickety people might be persnickety about it. To put this into context, I change... So I, I can't remember what the... I think it's utility. Whatever the one is where you can change the color of the second hand only. Yeah. That's the face yeah. that I use. Whatever one it is, simple utility, I'm not sure. I changed the color of... Because I have like five sport bands. I changed the color of my second hand to match the sport band, right? Sure. So I'm very... uh 
very specific is the word I'm looking for about the choices of the way that my watch looks. And now there's going to be a bunch of color in there, which I'm not, I'm not, I'm not jazzed about that, Jason. I must mm. say, I've seen what it looks like, and uh, I'm, I probably have to live with it for a bit. But I don't like the the colored activity rings. I can see the utility of them because most of the time I can't work out which one's which, right? By mm-hmm. looking at the the complication, but I would still prefer to have it one color myself. That that is something that I would prefer over the the utility that you get out of it, but. Um, do you have anything else to say on OS two? Watch OS two. I, I might have more to say next week if I can ever get it to install. Right, we're on a, we're they, on attempt three now, Jason. Well, they have these animated um the animated watch face that's actually a tie in with the live photos thing that's going to be in uh, on the iPhone six S and six S mm-hmm. plus. So I'm looking forward to trying that out just as a as a thing. But again, you know. I'm not sure photo watch faces are are my bag, I, I, but I, I understand that, you know everybody has their own options, and it's nice to have more options. I wish I I wish Watch OS two had more um, watch face functionality than it does. The you know the ability to move uh, you know move things around have have maybe more watch faces that are uh, heavy with information like the the modular face. Um, I would but, use modular, but it, they need to fix or give. Well, I say fix. They need to give me the ability to move where the clock is because I think the clock should be in the middle. I, I yeah, we're we're uh, we're together on this, and that that seems to be a limitation of how they've built the watch uh, UI, the watch face UI, is that the the clock goes where it goes. And uh, I think the answer there would be make a make a variant of modular <laughs> where the clock is in the center instead of sort of toward the top. But they didn't do that. So maybe sometime they'll do that. Um, the time travel feature, which we haven't talked about. I mean, this is this is a, a watchOS 2 feature where you can um, roll the time forward or backward and uh, see the data change. So for my baseball example, I might be able to roll the time back and see what last night's score was or something like that or roll the weather forward and see a forecast for what it was what it's going to be like later in the day um and modular works really well with that because it's so information dense and you can have lots of data on there and you can Mm. and you can see it all um and it'll be interesting to see again how how that stuff gets adapted because on some of these watch faces the time travel feature is kind of pointless and actually kind of gets in the way you move the you move the crown and you go oh no 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 i didn't want to do that um, but on some of the information dense screens, it can actually be potentially very interesting. And again, it comes back to the third parties. I feel like to support that timeline in a way that uh, that makes sense. But yeah, checking on what your next calendar event is. The I think the prime example there is you roll forward until you see you know what's after this meeting, and you can roll forward and see oh then this next meeting happens, or then I go to lunch or whatever. Just had an idea. Um, that I may set up a second watch face with four different time zones on it and use it as a time zone converter. Yeah, your your uh, podcast watch face thing. That's I think that's a good watch tip in general. Is set up different, even of the same face if you want. Set up different um, watch face settings, and you can have them all accessible. And you know, you have one when you're at work, and one when you're at home, or one for the weekend, or when you go on a vacation, or something like that. And that's. Um, you can do that all with the uh, with the Apple Watch, which is nice. iOS nine. Uh, I don't have yeah. a ton more to say about iOS nine than I have already, other than the fact just to comment on apps on the iPad. I think 
because that's yeah. you know that's the thing because apps on the iPhone n- not major additions really I mean the 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 kind of the universal search thing is interesting I could see that being useful if I remember to do it um, you know like searching within apps and stuff like that you know it could be good um, I have found that I am very much enjoying. Uh, split screen on the iPad. My oh, yeah. only thing about it now is I am desperate for a few of the apps that I use frequently to be updated. Yeah, um, th- this was my whole summer, right? Was, oh, oh, this could be so great if it wasn't only the Apple apps that yeah. use these features. See, I felt that way when beta testing it as well, but it didn't feel... I didn't feel as desperate than when I have some apps, right? Mm. When it was none, it was like, okay, there's none. But now there's some, it's like it makes it worse if the, yeah. for the ones that you want aren't there. So, like, for me, wow. uh, I need Google to update their stuff, like all the Drive apps. Oh, um, yeah. And I really need Mailbox to update. And, I mean, mm-hmm. TweetBot is just like, whatever. Like, that, you know, <laughs> you're not even going to get into that right now. Um, Tw- Twitterific works great in split screen. And, and I've been using it in split you. screen, but Twitterific has other fundamental problems. I know. We won't get into this now. This is a conversation Says you, for Mike was day. wrong. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everybody um, loves TweetBot. I'm just, I just, it doesn't work for me. I, I, I don't, don't write, don't write me. I'm aware of everything about TweetBot. I just, it doesn't work for me. That's not, it's about me. It's not a, it's not TweetBot, it's me. This is what I'm saying. It's good to know, Jason, that there is still not enough available storage to download Trainline on my watch. What is going on here? What like, is Trainline? Turn off Trainline. It's an app. It's it's already turned off because it's a WatchOS 2 app. Oh. So it's, so, but it's, I'm just getting this cannot download box just pop up, and then the and then the WatchOS 2 thing won't install. Maybe I'll try turning the watch off. I feel like I just filled it up with attempts to update now. The, the storage is just full up with just update attempts. Your watch is full. Oh, I'm just angry today. I'm just I can angry tell. Today. I can tell App- you're very frustrated. Yeah, Apple is really I, upsetting me. So I love the split view um, with the side-by-side apps on the iPad yes, Air 2. I do It's very, very nice. Sli- I think slide over, although it, it fe- felt in the demo when it was announced that this was like the sort of sad feature for the iPads that couldn't do the full on side by side. But I think, I think slide over maybe is better than split view in a lot of cases because um, the question is how often are you using two apps? And I wrote about this on six colors. We'll put a link in the show notes. I wrote like 3,500 words just about, I didn't write 40,000 words like Federico, but I did write uh several thousand words about various features that I cared about, including the iPad productivity stuff. Um, split view, you really need to be, I feel like committed to using two apps simultaneously. Like it's cause they're both narrow. They're both, they both get squished when they're both on screen at the same time. So you really need to be like, I'm doing something that requires both of these apps to be here. And there are use cases when that's true, but I feel like there are maybe just as many or more use cases where what you really want is the app that you're using and then momentarily you want to use another app and then you want to go back to the first app. And that's not the same as um, feeding, you know, switching back and forth and back and forth between two apps. And um, Slideover is really good for that. So you're, you know, you're writing something and then you slide out uh, Twitterific or you slide out Slack and you see what's going on and then you slide it away and then you keep working as opposed to like I'm writing in Microsoft Word over here while I see Slack over here. Or for me, the cocktail of productivity 
murder, which is uh, half my screen is Twitter and half of it is Slack. <laughs> and I will never get anything done at that point. I will fall into a bottomless pit of time wasting as I read Twitter and I talk on Slack. Um, but so anyway, I think slide over should not be... Um, should not be disparaged. I think that there are a lot of cases where it's actually a nicer thing. It's also a lot less intrusive because what happens is if you switch apps, you go to a different app that that and you're in split view, that app on the right side stays there. It's not like they're kind of like paired. So if you're if you're saying, "Oh, I'm getting a lot of work done and I've got Word or or Pages or whatever on the left side and I've got I've got um I don't know, Slack on the right side, and then you go and you switch to some other app, just something innocuous that is totally different, switching to Safari to read something. Well, that thing on the side just stays there, and you're like, oh, you're still here? And then you've got to, like, take your finger and drag it away and and go into single app mode again. And, you know, uh, SlideOver doesn't do that. It's only there when you want it. So, um, yay, SlideOver. Uh, side by side is really nice, and then picture in picture is the other thing that's fantastic. I don't know if your apps. Hulu's been updated for it. Uh, Major League Baseball got updated for it. Netflix, who knows what they're going to do? But it would be really nice if Netflix would do it. And Apple's Videos app supports it already uh, out of the box, and and uh, and FaceTime too. So you can actually be talking to somebody using FaceTime while you're looking at an app without like the screen going black and being told that they've been paused. Uh, and that's, those are all great. So you can sit there and do some work and have a little video playing in the corner of the screen. And that's awesome. And you can actually have that happening during a split view session. So you can have video playing and two apps running and that totally works. YouTube. Yeah. Did they update YouTube? No. No, they haven't done that. Well, they need to do that. That's, that's on the list. YouTube and, uh, YouTube and Netflix need to get with the, with the program. I'm not convinced that they will do it. I mean, because well, they already do their own version of picture-in-picture picture within the app. I don't think they want you leaving the app and watching. Yeah, the video. and they've got they've got this custom, um, yep. you know, custom player controls and stuff too. So they may not be able to do it. Is the other thing because you may have to use Apple's streams. But the interesting thing is, yep. Hulu did it. Hulu does it, and it works fine. Were they using so if, their own custom player? Before? I think so because they have to insert their commercials and stuff. Huh. So we'll see. I mean, it's not like it's not like it's handing it off to the system. the the vid- The app is still doing the video itself in the background. So I think if Hulu can do it, uh, Netflix could do it, and uh, we'll see. And Amazon too. So we'll see what happens. But I think picture in picture is a uh, fantastic feature. Um, fantastic. I, I'm very excited about it. So I want everything that does video in any form to support it because it's really nice to be able to look at that while, you know, video while on your iPad while you're doing something else. And, you know, you can, like with the FaceTime preview, you can pinch it to make it bigger or smaller. You can move it to any corner of the screen. You can even slide it off the edge so that the audio is playing and you can see that it's there, but it's temporarily out of your way. It's a really well implemented feature. I'm, I'm very excited about it. So that's, uh, that's my favorite stuff in iOS 9, honestly, is the is the iPad stuff. Although, I do love low-power mode. Low-power mode is great. Yeah, I've used that a bunch. It's I good. used that at XOXO. It, it was uh, at 20%. It says, oh, you're at 20%. Do you want to go into low-power mode? And it, it just stopped. I think it maybe went to like 18%. It was amazing. In fact, it what it suggested to me is that I've got some apps that really need to not be given <laughs> background authority because they're draining my phone battery. But... I, I lost so much battery anxiety once I went into low power mode and realized that that you know it's like the extra gas tank in the uh, in like a Volkswagen where you you run out of gas and then you pull this thing and the secret reserve kicks in and then you go for another 
five miles until you can get to a gas station. It's a little like that, that, you know, when you get to 10% or 20%, you don't panic and think, oh my God, I'm going to run out of battery and I need to call somebody later. How am I going to do this? You just put it in low power mode and it works fine. It's not like it suddenly goes to black and white. And <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it works fine. It's just not doing a lot of stuff in the background at that point. Just talking about uh, YouTube, I want to give a upgrade listeners a great tip that Federico gave to me on virtual. I've put a link in the show notes to a third-party YouTube app called Uplayer, and it has picture-in-picture. Picture. Huh. And it's it's a very good app. You can search for stuff, but also if you copy a YouTube link and open the app, it's like, hey, do you want to watch this video? It sees it on the clipboard, and you can watch it picture-in-picture. I don't really know how this app exists, but it does. Yeah, well. But it does. So Lots of interesting things happen. Yep. So there you go. You can go and get that one if you want to. And I will just keep sitting and waiting for Mailbox and for Google Docs and TweetBot. And then I will be happy again, uh, maybe. And I'll also keep waiting for my Apple Watch to update. And then I will be happy again. I want to talk about something that might be upsetting you, but I don't know yet. But before we do that, let's uh, take a moment to thank our friends over at GoToMeeting for sponsoring this week's episode. I want you all to think about how much time, money, and hassle it takes to hold a meeting in your workplace. You've got to get everybody in the same place a time that works for them, right? That's number one. First, you've got to find a time for it, that works for everyone. Then everybody's got to factor in all of their travel time. And then everybody's got to factor in all of the equipment that they're going to need to bring with them and getting the projector set up and all that kind of stuff. This is horrible, but there is a better way. And that better way is Citrix GoToMeeting. You can meet your clients and coworkers online is the smarter way to meet. GoToMeeting makes it easy to meet with your team whenever you need to, wherever you are. We've got to meeting you can meet from any computer tablet or smartphone they have apps that you can use on the go which i've used in the past myself which is always awesome you don't think about travel expenses you don't need to think about the hassle of travel your team can join by clicking a link there are no signups there's no speed bumps that are going to get in their way even with people that are less technically proficient you just send them a link and just say just click this and it will join automatically it's really simple you can turn on your webcam and with hd quality video it's like being in the room with everyone you're all going to be in this virtual room together the lovely go to meeting room and you can even uh, if you want to bring in remote clients into a meeting that's actually happening in your office not with five people in a room but you can bring in people as well we i've done that in the past go to meeting is great for all of this you can share screens to present review and get feedback all in real time with go to meeting everyone sees what you're seeing so you and your team can get on the same page and get going quickly stop wasting time with the crazy logistics of arranging meetings and sign up for go to meeting today you can try it for free for 30 days there's nothing to lose just go to go to meeting so visit go to meeting.com g-o-t-o-m-w-e-t-i-n-g.com and click the try it free button and you'll have your first meeting up and running in minutes once again that is go to meeting.com for your free 30 day trial thank you so much to go to meeting for sponsoring this week's episode jason i yes, would sir. like to know your thoughts on apple news ah so i'm interested <laughs> in your thoughts as a consumer and a publisher so i would uh-huh. just like to have a quick addendum apple news is not available in the uk there are ways that you can make it available but i've decided 
to stop doing that. Like, you can change your region, but I, I stopped doing that when Apple Pay came out because I didn't want to screw with anything there. But um, it's currently not available in the UK. Uh, there are reports uh, and hints that it will be coming with uh, 9.1, iOS 9.1, but currently it is not available outside of the US, which I don't fully understand why. Like... I don't know if Apple was aware that the internet is available across the world, <laughs> um, but it seems like not. Because it seems like basically in 9.1, the reason that people think that it's going to be in the UK is that some UK publications are going to be are in there. Like they're in there in 9.1 if you're running the beta. But I don't fully understand why Apple think that like Wired and CNET, like are they not? International public? Anyway, uh, so I'm interested what you think about using it and also what it's been like to try and put your content into it. Oh, um, uh, Apple News doesn't feel done to me. It feels like a beta. It feel, And then I think I feel like I'm being generous. I think I, I don't quite I don't know. I don't want to I don't want to come off as too harsh here, but it doesn't it, it, it doesn't feel done. It uh, it um, as a user. It seems kind of like a mess. I, I don't. I can't envision myself using that as my source for news. Um, it seems complicated and weird, and um, I don't understand some of the ways it presents information. And because because I have my, my own site, I can look at the content from my own site and be baffled about what it's putting where and why, what images it's showing. I'll have articles with good images attached to them, and it will. Those will be like down on the page with only text and then I'll have articles with that are just short and have nothing in them and they'll use those with a thumbnail of the site logo which doesn't make any sense to me so I, I, I'm a little baffled by that they have this Apple News you know, the documentation is almost non-existent for um, what you feed as a publisher to Apple News so it's very hard they're, they've got my RSS feed and it's in there um, there's this Apple News format for publishers that on the day that they announced this, they had a like sign up for, hey, you can sign up and we'll let you know when we when we have that information. It's coming real soon. And, you know, it still hasn't showed up for anybody who's signed up for that. So they've got their partners that they're working for or they're working with. I get the feeling that maybe the partners are essentially beta testing this format. And the reason that other people don't have it is that it's going to change and break. And so can you not- explain what the difference is? Cause your content's in there, but you don't have access to well, the so tools. Apple news format, like wired did that custom story. That's got like some crazy art and, and stuff on it about the architect of world trade, uh, world trade two in New York. Um, and that was a, an exclusive on Apple news over the weekend and they're using they're using a special format that is native to Apple News that lets it do kind of fancy stuff. Um, most of the other stuff in there is just coming from an RSS feed. Um, so they're taking you know six colors content in there. They're they, I've given given them the address of my RSS feed, and they they suck that in and then display that in Apple News, and that's what they do. So. Um, this is uh, so th- there's these two tiers, and I'm happy to work on making my site more friendly to Apple News, but um, Apple seems to not be ready for that yet. And I understand that they're they're working on it, but it just it feels it feels like they're still struggling to get this locked down. Um, and I've heard from people who know people who are involved in this that um, that that's true that <laughs> they're still. It's that it's kind of a mess, and they're still working on it, and uh, it's a work in progress. 
And I don't know. It, it, this this strikes me as one of those apps that uh, had to ship because OS nine was shipping, and they said it would ship with it. But it just doesn't. It doesn't feel like it's it's all the way there yet. And you know, hopefully, we'll see updates that improve it. But of course, it's on the OS uh, install, which means that I believe they can't update it except when there's an OS update, which is kind of <sighs> bad. Um. I mean, they can do things on the back end with their servers, but the app itself, I don't know, it, it's, it's trying well, to be Well, I guess they can still give you the tools, though, right? Like, the tools can come to you at any point. Sure, uh, unless they need to make app changes to support the format. But if they just are changing the format or locking down the format and eventually they'll share it, that's fine. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not too bent out of shape that I don't have access to that format other than that I see my content and I'm like, is there something I can do to make this look better and to make it make more sense in Apple News? And I just, I don't, I don't know. Uh, because I don't have any of that information. Uh, as a user, though, I mean, bottom line, as a user, I'm baffled by it. I don't think it. I don't think it makes a lot of sense. Um, the, the the keywords seem weird. Um, setting favorites seems weird. I mean, maybe if you're somebody who's just never used a Flipboard or a news reading app or something like that, there's a maybe there's a use case where you're just uh, getting basic stuff from it that it that it is a perfect fit for. But it just it feels to me like it's um, that they're still figuring it out. And, you know, that's fine. I, that, I think that's fine. But, um, but I wouldn't say it, it feels like a finished concept. It, it feels to me like something that they're still trying to figure out themselves and, and probably were struggling to get something that they could ship. And um, the version that's in 9.0, I mean, I can't, I only use it because... I want to see what Apple News is like so I can write about it and I want to see how my content is being displayed. But it's not like I... I mean, I've opened it a few times and just thought I would never open this app were it not for the fact that as a publisher, I should probably see what my stuff is uh, looking like. And as a person who writes about this, I should stay informed about what's going on with Apple News. But uh, as a as a regular user, I never look at it and think, oh, this is great. I had a great experience in Apple News. That hasn't happened. I can't fully understand why anyone will use this. Well, I think the idea is it's a super. Well, first off, the the Siri stuff integrates with it. So, um, if you if you do a search or something and a news link appears, now it opens an Apple News, I believe. <laughs> yeah, I turn that off. Yeah. So me and Gray were talking yeah, about this on that Cortex, out, yeah. and and there there are some. Uh, I mean, this is some follow out. There are some negatives to doing it. Uh, and you lose some of the search term stuff. Um, like it doesn't do the Bing searches, it doesn't do sports scores. Like when you type that stuff into the search field is what we're finding out. But both me and Gray have a pretty strict I don't want to see the news policy and Apple kind of choosing to just put it in my face is kind of frustrating. And it's more frustrating that I can't just turn that part off. Um, Like there's a toggle for news, but it doesn't actually do anything. Uh, (laughs) Uh, you have to turn off something called spotlight suggestions. Mm. Um, so I'm happy that it's gone. And to be honest, I don't think I care about the things that I'm losing. Uh, but in regards to the Apple News, I'm like, I don't fully understand like why. Like Facebook stuff, the instant article stuff, that I get because it's already in your Facebook timeline right. anyway. Right. Right. It's just there and they're just making it look nicer and load faster when you tap it. 
I don't think I need another app to check news in. And and I'm wondering, like, the problem is, right, so if it's just going to take all of my favorite sites and just show me their RSS feeds, right, then that sucks. But then it's like these tools are going to come out. But I'm wondering, are you going to want to format everything again? And so then it's like if nobody's going to use it and then nobody's going to format for it, it just ends right. up in this cycle where it's no one's ever going to – like I say no one, but like, you know, people that – we know and the listeners of this show like are they ever going to use it i don't know i don't know i mean i would would i use apple if 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 people are using apple news would i use the apple news format to do a fancy os 10 review or a fancy iphone review or something like that maybe maybe um you know day in day out probably not right but for special stories maybe um you know i think their rationale is that normal people don't use a newsreader and so what if we what if we create a newsreader for the rest of us, just for normal people who are never going to download a newsreader of any kind in the app store? Maybe we'll do maybe we'll do something for them. Um, and it's the typical thing where you think, oh, geez, here comes Apple. That's going to ruin it for the third parties. But the fact is that Apple's implementation is never going to be at the level of care of the third parties. And so there's always an opportunity around the edges. This case, it, it feels like, you know, they're 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 learning to crawl here. And and that's the thing is if you look at every other app that's out there that does this sort of thing, um, well maybe not. There's probably some terrible apps there too. But I could I could I could think of several apps that are out there now that do this so much better than Apple News. And yeah, it'll get better over time unless Apple abandons it. It will hopefully get better over time. But um, it is weird because there are other apps that do this and do it a lot better. And um, so hopefully, you know, I, Apple's thinking that they're playing a long game here. And the idea is that they want to have uh, news integration throughout and and have this be a way for people to read stuff that interests them. But it is it is weird. It is kind of outside Apple's comfort zone. And, you know, it, it's hard not to read it as being like Apple trying to create a box for all editorial content on the web that doesn't require a web browser and lives in a browser that they control and that they, that everybody monetizes with IAD that, that, you know, while they're also doing content blocking on Safari, it is, it is, you know, not that far to go to say that that's really what the motivator here is, is not, not a grand conspiracy to, um, to drive people into news because content blockers exist. I don't think that that that's necessarily, uh, what's going on here but i do think that that there is this feeling of like we can create a better experience for reading in our own app and then we'll let publishers make money by using iad and i'm not i'm not sure that is a realistic scenario on any you know on any front but yeah because publishers can still show their own ads um which aren't blocked yeah. by content blockers and right. then aren't using iAds, so it doesn't... Whilst I understand the argument, it feels like Apple is still providing the same amount of tools to provide the same terrible experience. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. weird. It's it's a weird... What it is, is it's a weird RSS reader. It's a weird Flipboard-like thing. Mm. But it's from the platform vendor, which is why it's important. But it's so weirdly built. I don't know. It's a strange product. I, I, I really... I keep coming back to this. It's just... I don't even know what to say about it other than that I, I feel like... You know, to be charitable is to say it's a work in progress, and 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 you know they need to keep on working on it. Yeah. But um, I didn't entirely understand it when it was announced, and seeing the final version of it, I still don't think I understand why this was a good idea. And um, 
yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not ready to chalk it up to being a complete mistake that Apple should never have released it, uh, because they may yet find ways to make it um, make more sense. But right now, I I just it, it it seems like a weird, potentially overreaching kind of product that the world didn't really need it. There wasn't really a, a crying you know demand for it from Apple, and yet Apple has decided to provide it. So I'm not you know why 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 do that? It's it's weird. Sure. Yeah, I think this is a this is something that I I don't understand. I feel like it's probably not for me. I'm not a big newsreader guy anyway. Yeah. Um. And maybe when when the kinks are ironed out, and like for example, you could publish a a, a different version of your uh, iPhone review with with fancy stuff. It might make a bit more sense, and then I might choose to read the articles that I do read there. You know, maybe like if you just say like just click this link and you'll get all of this stuff plus more. I can see okay, that might make sense if if it makes yeah. sense, right? Um, but it only it only really makes sense as a means to an end, right? Like in Facebook, this is what you said. In Facebook, I'm using Facebook and then there's a link and I read it. Or yeah. um, I'm doing if you don't turn it off, I'm doing a spotlight search and an interesting article comes up and I tap and I read it. That I can sort of see, and that's why apps that that work that way make more sense but yeah, when it's like hey i'm gonna i'm gonna open news and see what's going on that's when i i just don't i just don't see it no i don't get it if if there was like uh you know like with this deep linking stuff if there was a way to allow apps to, i don't know even i'm not even sure what i'm thinking but some way that you could use like on twitter you could select I would like to open these news stories in news rather than in a web browser. Like, you know, you can imagine, I don't know, something like that with selected partners that sign up for the service. Right. And, or have a or, mobile Safari have mobile Safari look at a header uh, yeah. URL in the in the page it's loading and discover that there's a news version of it and say, would you hey, like me to display yeah. the pretty news version of this story? Then I would you probably know. do that, right? That 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 makes sense to me, and, and I think I would use it for that. But like as a news reader, like it's basically impossible for Apple to build a news reader for people that read news in a specific way, because everybody has their own ways of wanting to read this this stuff. And I feel like it, it's a real strange thing. I can't fully get my head around why they're doing it. Yeah. Like, is it just because it's like a cold war with Facebook and Google? Like, is that what this is? And if it is that. Really, mm-hmm. like really? it's not, not a not a not a user. Well, this is I think maybe why we're struggling to find out what the what the clear user benefit and de- and the clear user demand is for this is that there isn't one, and it really is about uh, everybody is trying to do something that is not on the web so that they can control the content inside their own platforms, and that's certainly what Facebook is doing, and you know that and that's sort of what Apple's thinking here, but um, that's not a that's a a corporate strategy that I guess you could get behind, but it's it's not a user centric approach. So but, like it doesn't even make sense to me like why Apple would try and fight that. Like I get why Facebook would do it, and I get why Google will do it because it fits within their warehouse because it's based around yeah. advertising. Like, but I don't get like the push for iAd in all of this when <laughs> yeah. iAd has just gone down the, the drain anyway. Like if you look at the ads that pop up there. It does feel like this is coming from the same kind of um, poisoned <laughs> portion of Apple from which the iAd strategy 
also emanates, which is a broken, weird uh, part of part of Apple that, you know, this this seems just as misguided in that but, way. Like, I had ads use advertise the same kind of shady and weird stuff mm. that we complain about in web ads. They just do it in a constrained way in the bottom of the screen. But right, like it's free to play games and stuff like that. So it's, it's like, oh, I don't know. I'm angry today, Jason. Yeah, it's a grumpy, grumpy Mike day. Well, if there was ever anything to be grumpy about, I think Apple News would be a good one because, it, it, <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, I, 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 uh, not a, not a big fan. Got to say it. I was listening to ATP just before this, and they had feedback that they were being really grumpy in their <laughs> previous episode, yes. and now I feel like I've just done the same. I yeah. am happy to report that after a reboot of my watch, WatchOS 2 is currently installing. Indeed. Thank you, mm-hmm. everyone. I don't know. Anyway, so that, that's where we are with that. Grumpy, grumpy Mike. Let's do some Ask Upgrade. Maybe that will cheer me up. Uh, Jason, okay. can you please Good talk idea. to our listeners about FanDuel? All right, so ask ask upgrade this uh, this week brought to you by FanDuel. Um, if you are a human living in North America, you have seen the ads for FanDuel. They are I saw everywhere. them when I was in America. Yes, they and are. I was like those guys. I know those everywhere. guys. Everywhere, <laughs> huge. The, the beginning of the of the American football season has led to this uh, this uh, huge interest, as it is every year in fantasy sports and FanDuel. It's everywhere. You've seen the, those ads. People are playing. It's your turn. You can sign up. Two, nobody's stopping you. You go to FanDuel.com. It is a leader in one-week fantasy football. If you're somebody who's uh, missed out on your chance to play in a season-long fantasy football league, don't worry. There's a new game every week, a whole bunch of new leagues every week on FanDuel. Uh, Building a team is really easy. You pick your players. You stay under the salary cap, so you can't have an all-star team. Uh, you have to balance it out, and there are a bunch of different strategies to do there um, in terms of do you pick a few stars or do you try to go for uh, uh, the best buys? Um, and then you sit back on Sunday and you watch your team and you count the points and you see if you win. And entry fees for leagues, for these weekly leagues, start as at just a dollar, so anyone can really play. Um, it is a fun test of your sports knowledge and uh, prognostication about uh, about the NFL uh, I uh, I set up a league uh, or I set up a, a team uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I really enjoyed the salary cap approach. I think it's a, a fun intellectual challenge to figure out like is that is that guy really worth that? Uh, do, do I want to put all my eggs in one basket, or do I want to uh, try to find some uh, some some uh, cheaper talent that will allow me to spread the uh, the talent around my roster a little bit? Uh, differently so uh, a lot of fun to play a lot of leagues are are starting there's a lot of uh, of money in these fan duel leagues if you want to go crazy with it but you like i said for one dollar you can uh, enter a league and uh, if you do really well you'll get some money back and if not you will have the pleasure of having played it and challenged yourself which i enjoyed i fit i finished in the middle of the pack it was okay i did okay uh, so here's what you need to do go to fanduel.com click the microphone in the upper right hand corner use the code upgrade and sign up now FanDuel has a special offer for new users. For every dollar you deposit in your FanDuel account, up to $200, um, FanDuel will match it uh, as you it gets earned as you play, a bonus of up to $200. Uh, offer only good for people using the code UPGRADE. So use the code UPGRADE. FanDuel.com. Every day is a new season. F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up now. Thanks to FanDuel for sponsoring. Hashtag AskUpgrade. That's the music. That's the, That was the theme song there. I liked it. During FanDuel, 
this week, uh, I saw that the Wall Street Journal is reporting that Apple, with people familiar with the matter, um, designates building an electric car as a committed project and sets a target ship date for 2019. Yeah, we will see. Apple, we're all we're all getting Apple cars, Mike. Woo! Absolutely not me. <laughs> I mean, because you know it might try well, and install an update whilst I'm driving and crash into the yeah. walls. You know, who knows what will happen? No, I'm being, I'm, I'm merely making jokes. I don't have a driving license. Yeah, maybe you can't I will drive. by 2019 because uh, I plan to to learn to drive before I have kids. That's mm. that's my my thinking. So Good thinking. Good plan. Yeah, yeah. I endorse this plan. Good. Let's go to Ask Upgrade. Uh, our first question this week comes from Jimmy. Why do podcasters use fancy mic setups, but all these interview TV shows get by on lav mics? Which are uh, the lav- lavalier mics or the, the little clip-on microphones that you see like on somebody's tie or on somebody's shirt? My understanding of this stuff, of which I know very little, is that they are way better than you think they are. Yeah, these and are, they are yeah. extremely expensive to get the good stuff. You can buy a, you can buy. Well, before Radio Shack went out of business, you could buy a, a thirty dollar, twenty five dollar lav mic at Radio Shack that was uh, battery powered and was okay. But you can get, yes, very good, very expensive lav mics. Also, um, in a lot of those cases, they're in a studio environment, so they have complete control over the audio in that environment. Whereas a lot of podcasters are using microphones in echoey rooms of their house because they aren't, you know, they can build they can buy a better microphone more readily than they can build a studio in their in mm-hmm. their home. But the the stuff that you see on on TV is uh that's expensive stuff. That's not the cheap stuff. And the expensive stuff is really good. So that's probably, you know, those lav mics are are uh engineered very well and not cheap to get that to get that sound. Bob would like to know, do you know of any way to keep an app out of multitasking on the iPad? I have an iPad Air and don't want all of my apps in there, like tips, for example. Uh, I would say you're stuck, but if you rarely use an app, it's going to stay at the back. And how likely are you to keep scrolling yeah. and scrolling and scrolling? So I, I think, Bob, don't worry. You, you won't see tips because it will stay right at the back of the queue and you just never have to look at it. I think that... Um I think that interface is not going to hold up well. No, no, no. <laughs> the, nope. the big icons with names that you have to scroll through to find an app to put in uh, in picture or in uh, in split view or in slide over. It's just it's not a very efficient interface. It's fine when there are eight and less fine when there are 80. But what I do really like about that is if you have, for example, you have the Twitter app in the slide over view and then you go back to the home screen and open another app. If it also supports multitasking, it keeps the the app that's in the like the mini view or on the right hand side. It keeps it in view. Does that am I making sense? So the app that you have on the right, if you yeah. go to the home screen and then open another app that also supports iPad multitasking, it keeps the app that was previously on the yes. right and just replaces the one on the left. I think that is very smart. Yes. See, and that I, I, is people using the device, understanding how to, to I, make it work. I mentioned this earlier while you were being frustrated by your Apple Watch, I think. Oh, sorry. Um, and and I, my problem with it is that sometimes you don't want that. And I think that's one of the negative things about, uh, about the split view is um, that you switch to another app and you want a different context where you have a whole app there. And that doesn't stay, you know, the split view stays. So there are times when it's good and there are times when it's 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 less good and... That's why I think slide over is potentially more interesting than than split view, just because the slide over kind of comes and goes on demand, whereas the split view they're both in your face the whole time. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 
Apple has thought about how people are going to use it, and now we'll find out how people actually use it. <laughs> and then I think we'll learn a lot, and Apple will learn a lot, and then we'll see some tweaks to it uh, you know, next year. Um, next up on the list comes from Dean. Uh, will Jason share, or does he even know, is what I would ask, how many people <laughs> visit six colors with a U versus the American spelling? I don't measure it. There's a redirect that happens at the domain uh, level, and there, I have no measurement on. I'm not intercepting the redirects and counting them. So That's my guess sad. is nobody uses it with a U because who would do that? Clint would like to know, why does Apple hate podcasts so much? Specifically, <laughs> why does the podcast app no longer support playlists or full screen videos? Um, so I am typically the first person to complain about the podcast app. Uh, I have had a affair with it over time, which has not been good. Uh, but actually, in this scenario... There have been some big improvements to the podcast app in iOS 9, and Federico did a great job of summing those up in his review. I just think the team that make this app are focusing on different areas rather than video podcasts or playlists. They yeah. are making show notes and links a lot better, um, and they're supported a lot better, and there's a much better view for those. The unplayed list has been significantly cleaned up and enhanced. It has some good stuff, like it will show you, it breaks things down into like time periods, where it's like, you know, in the last week or in the last month or in the last year, right? So it shows you that, which I think is really cool. And also they have a new mini player, which looks like the music app. So what, when I look at this now, I feel like the podcast app is becoming the app for people that aren't, obsessive so like when you think about it can can you imagine how many overcast users really need to know if they've not listened to an episode of in the last year like but i feel like for people that are not too heavy on this stuff that is more useful in a way right like this was this was a yeah. show that was downloaded this month because your list of shows is like four shows right not like 60 shows so yeah it's it's uh i think I think the writing is on the wall that uh, most people who are developing podcasting apps are viewing podcasting as very specifically um, audio. And like Overcast doesn't even support video podcasts. It's clear that Apple is not focused on video podcasts with this update. Um, and for people who listen, who watch video podcasts, that is frustrating. Hopefully there are apps out there that still take care of you and that maybe you can use those apps. But, you know, I think the, the general view in podcasting and internet content creation circles is that, you know, people are watching videos on YouTube and, you know, they're streaming videos and that downloading videos as podcasts is... Uh, problematic and it's harder to make money if you're trying to make money off of them it's very expensive to pay for the bandwidth and so for publishers you know a lot of them are using streaming services to do this stuff and podcast great growth has been in the audio format so i feel like video podcasts is a thing that is perfectly capable and some people love it but it's not as widely liked and um, when they're focusing on like what is a podcast the video podcasts tend not to be prioritized so yeah, I think I think Apple doesn't hate podcasts so much. I think Apple doesn't is indifferent to video podcasts. So the next question comes in from Landon, and Landon would like to know: Do you think we'll see updated watch hardware in April or in the fall to align closer to the iPhone's update cycle? 
my gut feeling is that we won't see a new uh, um, Apple Watch internals until at least next fall. Mm. That's what I think. I think I think when they're going to get through this holiday season, I don't think they're going to need a refresh or even want a refresh before the next holiday season. Assuming, unless they like panic and feel like, oh my God, we need to get new hardware out there because this isn't going well and we've got some great new hardware that's going to be great and people are going to love it. I think it's much more likely that they're going to, they're going to take it, take it slower, take a year and a half at least. Um, But it's hard to imagine them getting through another holiday season without, some sort of a hardware refresh so so that would be my guess it's possible i don't know about the odds it's possible that we'll get something in the spring but i just think it's more likely that that'll happen um in the you know the late summer or in the fall just to get them ready for the holidays unless there's like a bandwidth issue where it's like literally we need to start making these things and announce it earlier because we can't do that and the iphone and the ipad and all of that but you know my guess is that everything that can be on a um, can be on a, a fall cycle is on a fall cycle. Also, it's paired with the iPhone. So being able to release it and the iPhone uh, together is, I think, where they want to be. That's my guess. What do you think? I originally would have said April because I think there's too much in the fall. And I know why they do everything in the fall. I think eventually this is going to be a problem. If they keep adding new products and keep only releasing them in September, like that, I, I don't know. That, that seems like a really weird business. But I guess it works for them because they make billions and billions and billions of dollars every quarter. But do you know what I mean? It just feels like so much, right? You, you, you're doing everything. You know, like they did everything in one event like a week and a bit ago. Um, I feel like if you, yep. add, if you add a, add to, had to add a new watch hardware on top of that, like I feel like you are starving everyone for attention and money uh, by doing it all at the same time. But we'll see. We'll see if it works for them. Uh, I would be. I would maybe be a bit more. Uh, I think it'd be more likely that they would release in April and then do like what they did with the iPad that time, and then have a very very small update in the fall, which then puts them on a full release. Do you remember when they did that? They announced the original iPad. They were they they would had yep. the, they wanted to change the iPad schedule, so did that. Was it like the iPad four or the new iPad or whatever they called it? There was one of them was like basically just nobody. It was bought the it. four. It, well, they they did the three, which was the first Retina one, and then the next spring they did an update for it because it was so underpowered. Yep, and they put the new connector on as well, didn't they? If I remember, yes. if I get my yep. timeline right, you got it. So I think they might do something like that maybe do the second one in April and then maybe move move it again either this that year or the year after. That's my feeling. Hmm. Plus, I don't know if there's a specific time that you want to be doing fashion products that aren't Christmas. Yeah, it's true. Um, well, like I said, I think... I think- how they sell at the holidays is going to be an interesting indication. Also, how how many of these do they think they can sell and how often can they sell you a new one? I think that's a real question. I think that... Um, this is I'm probably wrong, but but the contrarian in me wants to say I think the Apple Watch is going to be on a much slower hardware cycle because people aren't going to buy a new watch every couple of years. Um, so the the refresh, like with the iPad, there's going to be a long lag, and that you're better off um, 
making new, as we've seen, new body materials, new watch band materials, maybe even some new body shapes without substantially upgraded features. You know, and again, it wouldn't surprise me if they stealth update the features where everything gets a little bit better, the battery life gets a little bit better, but they don't tell anybody. It's just it's just a slipstream kind of upgrade. It wouldn't surprise me if they say, well, this this body is shaped differently. It's got a little different styling, but it's essentially the same features inside. That's something I think they could do. And and then when it comes time to do a second Apple Watch, what features really make it stand out? Um, if it, it, it needs to be more than just that sneaky slipstream upgrade. What are you going to do to make this that much more impressive? And what, what features are those? And are those ready yet? And are those going to be ready? I mean, do you not bother doing another Apple Watch until you can put in a cellular radio? I, I don't know. Do I, but I think it's worth asking that question. Like, um, is this the kind of product that updates incrementally, uh, and are those increments so small that it's almost like not even worth discussing it? Um, or is this something that has a huge change every year or two? And can they sell those? And will that will that drive sales? And will that make, you know, upset the people who bought the old one a year ago or not? Um, I don't know. If I, had to, if I had to bet, I wouldn't bet a lot of money on it. But I, I would bet that Apple's going to either take it very slow or is going to be sliding in like little upgrades here and there and not doing the every year we'll do a new Apple Watch with a new banner feature like an iPhone. It just doesn't feel right to me. I don't think that's what they're going to do. Brian would like to know, and, and you mentioned it again today, so now I'm really intrigued, uh, that you're writing in Microsoft Word on the iPad. Um, and you have really nice things to say about it. Could you discuss yeah. why you're doing this and using it over some other applications? Uh, I was looking for a writing app that was capable and Microsoft Word was available. And so I used it and it was because I, I have Office 365 and uh, running on iOS 9 at that point. I had some betas of some other apps that weren't working very well. Um, I don't use pages. So, so Brian was asking versus pages. Um, I'll, I'll use it. I also like to try to use these things from time to time just to see. I'm not a big fan of pages in any of its incarnations, so I haven't bothered with that. It was funny that I ended up in Microsoft Word, but, you know, it auto-syncs to the cloud and then I can open it back on my desktop and, uh, and so I, I decided to go that route. I tried some text editor that was saving to Dropbox and it ate some of my words and I was very unhappy with it and I decided I would try a different app and I ended up in Word, um. You know, I'm not endorsing Word. I don't do all my writing in Microsoft Word on the iPad. That certainly doesn't happen. But I did write um, that iOS 9 piece about uh, multitasking on the on the iPad in in primarily in Word with the Bluetooth keyboard. Awesome. Uh, yeah. And Aaron wanted to know. Uh, <laughs> I just like I like this one. Yeah. Uh, for the love of all that is holy. <laughs> Why isn't settings uh, available in split screen or slide over? And there's a bunch of Apple apps that aren't, which is surprising yeah. to me. But it's probably for the same reason yeah. that there are still a bunch of apps on the 6 Plus that are Apple apps that don't do landscape. I think, I think, yeah, part of it is that they didn't want to do the work, perhaps. There's like too many other things to do. And part of it is philosophical. Maybe they're saying, look, productivity apps get get split screen but you know why would you ever want to use uh, settings and split screen like you you settings is meant to be entered you change your settings and you leave it you don't keep it floating around now if you're somebody who changes your settings all the time having settings and slide over actually kind of makes sense to me but um uh, split screen split view um that seems weird to me but hey 
Aaron, if you want to do it for all that is holy, uh, I, yeah, I, that's my guess is that they, they didn't want to put the effort into it because they had other things to work on and that they didn't consider it, you know, a priority because it's not really a productivity app, the settings app, you know, keep that, you keep it handy for when you need it, but you're not like flipping in and out of it all the time, or at least theoretically you're not. So, uh, as we draw this episode to a close, my Apple Watch is rebooting. Yay! It may have installed OS 2. It may not have. Uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I'll wait and see what happens when it comes back on again. Yeah. Exciting. It's very exciting. Um, if you'd like to find show notes for this week's episode, you can head on over to relay.fm slash upgrade slash 55. If you want to stay up to date with what Jason's doing online, he is at jsnell on Twitter, J-S-N-E-L-L, and is over at the newly refreshed sixcolors.com. And I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E. I would really appreciate it if you checked out for Thoroughly Considered. Go to relay.fm slash TC to do that. And as we mentioned earlier, don't forget to keep your eye on the incomparable this week for all of the lovely uh, radio theater drama. The radio theater, radio drama. R- radio theater. Theater. There you go. Theincomparable.com slash radio. Oh, couldn't get better than that. Mm. Nice and easy to remember. Radio on the internet, Jason. It is. It's the future. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next time. And thanks again to our sponsors, Smile, FanDuel, and GoToMeeting. Say goodbye, Jason. Goodbye, episode 55, which is also a speed limit. Casey List, take note.